praise you, Lord, we praise you. We worship you. Lord, we adore you. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. We haven't done this in a while. I need you all to stand up. I know you've been standing for a while. Now walk around and greet some people that you haven't greeted in a while. Go say hello, man. Go greet some people. We have the fellowship of the saints. When you got the Holy Spirit, you've been worshiping the presence and honoring God. You need to say hello and fellowship with one another. You all don't get to do that enough. You know, it's something we used to do that quite a bit. Uh, this morning we're going to talk about alignment, anointing, and authority. Alignment, anointing, and authority. Now, if you haven't noticed, there's been some changes going on in the church. There's going to be more changes. Some you're going to agree with, some you're going to disagree with. I can't make everybody happy. I think it was Abraham Lincoln said, you can't praise everybody all the time. We can try, but we always can't. We have to do what the Lord says. You know, I, the first biggest change is probably the women's Bible study move from Monday afternoon to Saturday morning. Or Monday morning to, well, it was, it was like an all-day thing here. <laughs> but now they come in at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. i got to commend those women. To get up on a Saturday morning at 8 o'clock and come in and be discipled. I, I think that's great. The men have been doing it for a while, but it wears on them. They have to take the the last Sunday or the last Saturday of the month off because they they just can't handle all that. That's right. You know, they need they need the rest. And it's what happens. There's going to be there's going to be changes in worship. There's going to be changes in in what we're doing on Wednesday night. There's just going to be some changes. We're also going to be changing back from the potter's house to covenant of praise. Covenant of praise is who our identity is. It's the way this church was built. There's nothing wrong with the potter's house. The potter's house is a great church. It has great practices. It has great values. It has great everything, but it's in Ohio. And the distance and the demographics are just different. And, uh, 
we're going to be changing the church back and, and not being a campus. We need to be independent on who we are. And we are who we are. So we're, it's just one of the things. It's a, it's a major thing, but it really isn't. So let me ask you, who wants the anointing of God in your life? Who wants to operate in the spiritual authority of God? And who wants to have their alignment adjusted? You know, when you hear the word alignment, first thing you think of is your car. I mean, Sister Sophie told me the other day, I got to go get my car aligned. And my back. <laughs> yeah, and you're back going to a chiropractor. In fact, I, I found a story talking about your back. Chiropractic stuff began in 1895. When a guy named David Palmer, Daniel David Palmer of Iowa, performed the first chiropractic adjustment on his death janitor. The janitor's name was Harvey Lillard. And he said Lillard was walking, working in Palmer's office. He bent over to empty a trash can. And Palmer noticed that his vertebrae was out of position. When he asked him what happened, Lillard said, I heard a pop in my back. And that's when I lost my hearing. So Palmer had Lillard lie down and proceed to pop the bone back into place. And he was completely healed. And he even got his hearing back. So sometimes an alignment will bring more than just what you think. There's more hidden in there. David knew the value of an alignment in a relationship to anointing and blessing. In Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3, how wonderful and pleasant is it when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is the precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head and ran down his beard into the border of his robe. Harmony is refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. So in scripture, we know that there's something to be treasured in the anointing, and David understood that. He talks again about Aaron, and Aaron represented not only the priests, but the priesthood. And when he is anointed and was anointed, the anointing flowed first from his head, which was considered leadership, and then to his body, which was the church. And God desires for leadership to receive the anointing, for it is to be released throughout the entire body of this church. And your whole body, you, you people all have the anointing. The anointing covers you. There's no one in here that is different than the next. There is no one in here that can walk on water. I used to walk on water. The thing was, it was frozen solid. I mean, it was never fresh and sloppy that you could make splashes and waves in it. That's the only quote of water. There's nobody in this church that's better than the next person. The person sitting next to you. We are all equal. We are all sinners. We've all flown short the glory of God. We've all been covered by the blood. 
We've all been forgiven of our sins on the cross by Jesus Christ. We are all new creations in Christ. Amen. Our past is gone. Our future is ahead of us. Amen. And that's how we have to operate. You know, in the Old Testament, families, when people used to get excited when the prophets of God would come to their house. Because the prophets of God carried anointing oil. And the whole house would get anointed. The whole family would get excited. But alignment within the church starts with me. I'm the leader. I'm responsible for every single thing. The things you like, the things you dislike. The decisions that you like I made, the decisions I dislike. I got to answer to God for everything. You're going to take me up there, you know, I'm, there are going to be times you're just going to slap me and say, what were you thinking? And there's going to be times where it's going to say, oh, yeah, I'm glad you did that. But it's the way it is. So the alignment flows through the channels, through the leadership down to the body. And we have to learn. And I really treasure that call, although at times it's very frustrating, it's very aggravating, but I do treasure it. And David writes in the psalm because he himself was anointed. He said in, in, in 1 Samuel, it's written about David. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel, who was the prophet, took out a flask of oil. They had brought and anointed David. And the Spirit of the Lord came so powerfully on David that from that day on, David was anointed as the new king. It was his authority. He understood his anointing was subject to the authority of God. My anointing is subject to the authority of God. I can't go in to a machine or to like an ATM and plug in a card and say, I need five minutes of anointing. You know, or give me, give me 20 minutes, you know, I need to cover this. No, it has to come from God. Amen. David also understood the destructive nature of a misalignment and division. That's why he wrote how good and pleasant it is with brothers can live together in unity. It's all about us being one unified body working for the best for the kingdom of God. I mean, we all have different ideas. Most everybody in this room has a different theology than I do. Some of you were brought up in totally different religions, not even close to what I believe. But yet you're here. Some of you were brought up in the Christian faith and different. Some of you were brought up in cults. I mean, you just come from different backgrounds. But we've all had to gather together in, in one place to worship the one holy God. Amen. United in Christ. And it's all about Jesus. It's not about us. We make it about us. We, we, we might as well leave. I mean, that's not what God wants. He wants it all about him. He, he loves it when you come in together and you're lifting up his holy name and you're worshiping him and the whole house is in one accord. I mean, it kind of reminds you of the upper room. That's how to be what the upper room was like. So proper alignment is a byproduct of unity. In Amos 3.3, you find this little scripture. And it says, can two people walk together without agreeing on a direction? 
Think about that. Can two people walk together without agreeing on a direction? No, you can't. Unity is created by the Holy Spirit. But it takes effort on our part, just like everything else. It takes, it takes us to put in our, our things. You know, the, the enemy wants disunity. The enemy wants discord. And it, the enemy is always trying. The enemy is always attacking. He doesn't sleep. He is constantly at us. This church has been through some hectic battles in the last year. I mean, spiritual battles that were nothing like COVID. I mean, COVID we could handle. I mean, COVID some Sundays we had eight or 10 people here. We had the worship team, we had me and a couple other people. Always here. Then, you know, when we went down with COVID, we had other people taking over. We had people praying in the morning, and when I got COVID, there was one or two people still here praying in the mornings. We had people going to food banks and getting food and distributing it amongst the, the church, amongst the people they knew in the body of Christ that needed help. I mean, we stood in unity. But when the enemy gets in there, he's just going to use whatever he can to split it. He's going to use whatever he can to divide us. He's going to use whatever he can to take us out. He would like nothing more than to see that door locked and never opened again. Nothing more than to see that door locked and never opened again. People tell me i got to be patient. Well, you all that know me know that that is not a virtue that God gave me. It is not. I'm ready, set, go. I've always been that way. I will probably die that way. God will say, ready, set, and I'll say, go. You know, and it'll be over. Ephesians 4, verse 3 says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. You've all been called for that, the glorious hope for your future. Alignment occurs when there is one spirit, one purpose, and a vision of alignment for God's agenda. Philippians 1, verse 27, Paul writes, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. You remember when you confessed your faith in Jesus Christ, you then became a citizen of heaven, not, not of this country, not of the United States, not of, not of this world. Your citizenship is now in heaven. You've got to conduct yourselves in a worthy manner, worthy of carrying the good news about Jesus Christ. Because we are all to be ambassadors for Christ. We are all to cover that message. And we can't do it if we're blemished. That's why the blood of Jesus covers us. And then Paul writes to the Philippians, If I come again and see you or not, as long as I hear about you, I will know that you're standing together as one church and one purpose, fighting together for the faith which is the good news. 
And that's what we need to do, church. That's who we need to be. We need to be aligned in such a fashion that we're presenting ourselves and we're conditioning ourselves to do that. Where there is no alignment, the anointing cannot flow freely and the supernatural is hindered. And David understood this. Even though he was anointed future king, he understood the importance of alignment. And he refused to operate in an illegitimate, misaligned authority against King Saul. In 1 Samuel 24, verse 6, he said to his men, the Lord forbid me that I should go do this to the Lord, the king. I should not attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. David talked about, he said, the, the Lord forbid me to do such a thing. You know, that's, you see that, you know, in the workplace a lot, where an underling, you know, somebody that's, you know, fresh, in the, they, they just want to get ahead. And, and they'll do whatever it takes to get over the next person. And that's what David's kind of saying. I know Saul is king now. I know I've been anointed king. But it's not time for me to take Saul out. It's not time for me to do that yet. I am waiting, waiting patiently. David understood that his anointing as king would be diminished if he didn't operate under the authority of God that was established under Saul's leadership. David let God deal with Saul. I mean, sometimes we gotta let God deal with the things that are in front of us and not try to take them out ourselves. Sometimes we just gotta let God do that. Under David's anointing, the kingdom was united, it was expanded. And when the vision and leadership lack alignment, then there is a temptation to act in an illegitimate authority. And this causes two visions. Lots of activity, but no alignment, no purpose. Alignment does attract anointing, which brings with it the authority to push back the darkness. I know those words are in a song, pushing back the darkness. And that's what we do. That's what we do as disciples of Jesus Christ. We push back the darkness. We take the darkness away. Second Samuel 15, 4 says, I wish I were a judge, then everyone could bring their cases to me for judgment and I would give them justice. That was Absalom, David's son talking. He wanted to be the judge, he wanted to hear all that. And if I were appointed judge in this land, then everyone who has a complaint or a case would come to me. I would see they get justice. But this ultimately led to the division of the kingdom, and it never quite operated under the powerful anointing again. Division is tough, you can't have that. We have to unite, we have to, you know, some of us have to be patient, some of us have to move, some of us have to do things. God desires not only for our alignment to occur in the vision of leadership, but also throughout the church. He wants us all united in one accord. If you remember, we used to have a saying up there uh, as Covenant say, praise that said, bringing the love of Christ to our community and to the nations. 
We lived in love. We, we cared for one another. We had a really, really nice thing going on where everything, nothing, nothing came up against us. We were able to fight off everything that came up. We had several good moves. You know, and it was all because we loved each other, we took care of each other, we watched out for each other. Not that we didn't disagree with people. Not that we didn't have our little skirmishes, because we did. But all in all, the love of Christ just overwhelmed. And that's where we need to be. And then we talk about an anointing. People talk about it a lot, but don't understand. It's not excitement, although it can be very exciting. A gentle moment just under a powerful anointing can be quite a thing. God only wants to not only wants to anoint his people in the church, but he wants the anointing to flow through everyone in here. When one person gets it, it wants to just pass it on to another and pass it on to another. So finally it reaches everybody. And the reason is, Peter tells us, in 1 Peter 2.9, he says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. He's talking to you guys. You're a chosen people. You're a royal priest. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I mean, he called me out of darkness. I would lived in a very dark world. You know, I remember listening to Sammy Rodriguez, and he says the, the bigger, the deeper, the darker the place that God brought you out of, the louder the shout of praise should be on your breath. Amen. I mean, God lifted me out of darkness. Amen. Dark, darkness into his marvelous light. Do I still get everything right? No. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. <laughs> But I try. I mean, you know, I use, there's a saying in scripture where, where the disciple, how many times do I need to forgive someone? And he says, well, seven times 70. Well, you know, I push that to the limit sometimes. I go right after that. Let's see if it's really true. Holy oil was poured over the head of a person as a sign that he was set apart for God's service. True anointing is released by the Spirit when there is alignment with God's will and purpose. And that's what you need to do. Get, your, get yourselves in line with what God wants for you, not what you want for you, not what I want for you. We all, you know, just get in line with what God wants for you. It may not be the same. But there's a supernatural difference when you're flying under the anointing, when you're walking there, when you're living there. It's difficult, you know. You look at the world with totally different eyes. In Exodus 30, it says, anoint Aaron and his sons also, consecrating them to serve me as priests. Then say to the people of Israel, this holy anointing oil is reserved for me for generation to generation. It must never be used to anoint anyone else. You must never make it any blend like this for yourselves. For it is holy, and you must treat it as holy. Anyone who makes a blend like this or anoints someone other than a priest will be cut off from the community. 
That's how serious they took the anointing. Mm -hmm. They made a special oil to anoint the priests. Well, you're all priests in the kingdom of God. Every single one of you. That's the whole thing. He's moved you up, up the ladder. You're now priests. And David understood this. David worshiped. He worshiped like there was no tomorrow. He was totally uninhibited in his worship. He let the spirit of the Lord just take it where it needed to go. He wrote songs. Most of you have read them several times. As you read the Psalms, he prophesied. He knew things, he said things, he prophesied over things. And he fought battles. And each of us, some of us got some big scars, some got little scars. But there's a lot of us in this church that are scarred up from the battles we fought. The spiritual battles that we've had to fight. Some of us have come under very intense attack in the last year. I mean, I know what I blame it on, but you know. You know, there was just a time in this church when, you know, the spiritual warfare just got there and the, the things just got into people that had never touched before or touched people in a certain way and then it just flew off the handle. I mean, we really fought some spiritual battles. David was under an anointing when he took out the giant Goliath. I mean, he had to be. I mean, how do you go up with five little stones, a kid about five foot tall, five whatever, against 13, 13 feet giant, and you just take him down and cut his head off? When we sinned, when he sinned, when David sinned, he begged for one thing. He begged not to lose his anointing. He begged not to lose the power and things that God had over him. And I'm sure there's times when we've had setbacks because we've all been chased. We wanted to reestablish our relationship with God because that's what really matters. It really matters what your relationship with God is. I mean, we come together here, we have a good time, we laugh, we joy, we sing, we celebrate, but we really want your relationship with God to be one. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 13 says, so David stood among his brothers and Samuel took out the olive oil that he had brought and anointed David with oil. And the spirit of the Lord came on him powerfully upon David on that day and Samuel returned to Ramah. And if you remember the story of David getting anointed, you know David had seven other brothers. You know, they were big, they were strong, they were what in the, you would look at and say, oh, I want that guy that's king. I want this, you know. And it ended up being David that God had chosen. So it doesn't really matter who you are, what you are, where you've been, as long as you follow the Lord, as long as you surrender to him. Amen. Now alignment attracts anointing, which brings with it authority, the authority to push back the darkness. And unless there is alignment, the anointing is inhibited. Where there is no anointing, there is a lack of spiritual authority to battle the darkness. I mean, it's like going into to war without any weapons. 
you don't stand much of a chance. We cannot walk in authentic spiritual authority and operate in disunity and division. We just can't. We have to be united as one. Our one goal has to be to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our one goal has to be win the loss for the kingdom of God. Our other goals, we have to worship together in harmony. We have to love one another. We have to watch out. We have to encourage one another. I mean, you know, get on the phone with some people and just encourage them. Let them know, hey, how you doing today? Send them a, send them a text. I'm not a great texter, but some of you are real good at it. If we walk in disunity and division, the authority we have is going to be illegitimate. Therefore, the kingdom will not expand and there will be collateral damage. At times, alignment brings with it discomfort and, and perhaps a cost. It may cost you something, but is it worth it? Is it worth it to pay a price to have a true anointing and the authority of God on your life? Is it worth the price that you can operate the way God would want you to operate? I mean, how wonderful would that be? Matthew says, I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. You know it is bind and loose. Don't permit things here that you don't want to see. Bind up those things that get in your way. Bind them up. Let me also tell you this. If two of you agree that here on earth concerning anything you ask my Father in heaven, we'll do it for you. And for where two or three are gathered in my name as followers, I am there among you. Two or three are gathered as followers, I am there among you. Is he among us today? Is he here with us today? Yes, he is. The presence of God is with us today. Agreement and coming together are key. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. We are human. But we don't wage war as humans do. We use godly, mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of humans' reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Sometimes we call those things soul ties. I mean, there's things that are clinged on to us that are hard to get rid of. Things that maybe we've had since we were kids that just live in us and we gotta get them out. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. I mean, you all know pride is the number one killer. I mean, pride will take you out like nothing. What does it say? If my people humble themselves, humble themselves. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We destroy every proud obstacle. And people are. I mean, you know, they always used to teach me when I was selling 
that selling something was just overcoming objections. You say something and the person would give you an objection, you just overcome it. Well, it's the same thing with sharing the gospel. I don't want to know Jesus. Why? Why don't you want to know Jesus? Don't you want to go to heaven? Well, everybody's going to go to heaven. God is merciful. And God sends the people from Muhammad, and God sends the Buddhists, and God, God sends them all to heaven. Yes, show me that. Well, how do you know the Bible's true? Because God created heaven and earth. He wrote it. They all believe in a God. You can't win a spiritual battle without anointing. It's like going up in, in a war without any, without any weapons. Alignment attracts anointing, which brings it the authority, like we said, to push back that darkness. And when alignment occurs, the anointing is released. The spiritual authority pushes back the darkness. And then God can begin to bless us. He can begin to bless us. I mean, I've seen the way God has touched some of your lives over the years. God has just poured himself out on you. And yes, you've had to fight battles in the middle. And you've had setbacks. But God has brought you through it. There's an old saying, if God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. We had to remember that. God commands that we be blessed. He says, I want to open the windows of heaven and pour out my blessings. He wants to do it to you all. Lord has given us all everlasting life. Will I see every one of you in heaven? I hope so. I'll probably get there before most of you. But I'll be there. But God had to do a lot of work. I mean, he covered my sins. He remembers them no more, but the devil may throw them back up in my face from time to time. What the devil does that causes this unity is he'll make you remember someone else's sin and then you remind them of their sin or it lives with you and you use that you hold that against people you can't you're not gods you can't judge people that way scripture says take the you know before you see a speck in someone else's eye take that plank out of your own and we have to do that I mean, I've been guilty of that. Yep. I've been guilty of that. I've been looking at oh, geez. You know, I can't believe it. I can't believe this person is, is, is preaching. I can't believe this. I mean, people might even say that would be me. I don't know. But I've seen what God can do with people's lives. And we have to give them all the benefit of the doubt. We're not the judges. We're not the jury. God is. So let's just continue to love one another and grow together in Christ. Amen. Be happy. Be joyous. Let's bring nothing but peace and joy into this place. And let's get rid of the discernment. Let's get rid of the disunity. Let's get rid of the everything else that is unharmonious. Just forget it. Just let it go.
because I can bring up things about everybody in this place. And everybody in this place can bring up things about me, but we don't need to do that because we're beyond that. We're beyond that. We're all, we're all, we're all children of a most high God. I mean, if God can forgive me all my sins, he can forgive you all of everything you've ever done. He has protected me in, in all kinds of places, in all kinds of situations. God has been there. God is good. Oh. He is good. He is good. He is very, very good. He's very, very loving. And the love of Christ will overcome everything. Just love your neighbor. Love each other. Encourage one another. Support one another. Even if you don't agree with them, support them. You know, unless they're doing absolutely something that, that is totally ungodly, then you rebuke them. Because that's your job as a disciple, to rebuke, the, rebuke that. Your job to heal the sick, cast out the demons. Encourage one another, pray for one another. Come on up, Dixon. What a glorious day, isn't it? Isn't God good? Yeah. Don't you just love the Lord this morning? Every day. Let's all stand. Yeah. I mean, you understand praise. You praise alone, you can anoint it for a task. We recognize the anointing in your spirit and understand Pour out your anointing oil on God, on us, O oh Lord. Pour out your anointing oil on us, O oh Lord. Help us to proclaim the good news of the gospel. Help us to heal the brokenhearted. For so many in here have issues they need to deal with. The altars are open this morning. If you want to come down, let us pray for you. Or you want to pray for somebody or do whatever. We open these altars this morning. Oh, Lord, let your anointing fall. Let your anointing fall in this place, Lord. Flow over, fall over my head, flow over my head to every person in this church. Lord, just let it cover them. Let it cover who they are. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, we just touch each other. Acts 10.38 said, and you know the Lord, you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And Jesus went out doing things, healing the good, healing those that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Let God be with each and every one of you. Let God be with each and every one of you as you go. Let the Spirit of the Lord be upon you. Let the Spirit of the Lord be upon you. Oh, Lord Jesus, come upon me, Lord. Oh, let the anointing fall in this place. Oh, let the anointing fall. Let the power of God just touch you this morning. Let the